This is the second of our two exclusive KGEZ Good Morning Show drill downs made possible by Dent Magic, the Valley's leader in less invasive car repair, just north of Flathead Electric Co-op, Highway 2 in Evergreen. And from Washington, D.C., we have Bob Costantini. Good morning, Bob. John Robin, good morning. Good to be with you. A happy President's Day to everybody out there. And as we discussed last week, because it is President's Day, Congress is uh, off for a couple of weeks. And we'll be coming back just in time for the uh, deadline for the uh, government shutdown. So <laughs> we, have, we have that to think about uh, uh, during this holiday season, I suppose. Um, but also uh, other things as well. And uh, most importantly, perhaps around the world world affairs, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, was at the Munich Security Conference on Saturday and met with Vice President Kamala Harris there. And uh, then also at the same time, President Biden called Zelensky to tell him that he feels very confident that somehow... Uh, the uh, Congress is going to approve the $60 billion in additional aid to Ukraine that uh, the president is seeking as uh, Ukraine is struggling in the war with Russia right now. They gave up a key town, uh, Ukraine, to Zelensky even uh, said it at the, uh, in Munich. He said they gave up this city of Dabdivka to um uh, to try to spare soldiers. And the other issue is, of course, because they're running out of a lot of ammunition, in particular, there in the war against Russia right now. Other countries, including Germany, uh, at the conference have pledged new military aid, but the United States is the one that uh, the Ukraine has been you know, counting on a lot, of course, to send the ammunition and to fight uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, Vladimir Putin's invasion. This is uh, uh, how does the Navalny thing uh, factor into mm-hmm. all of this, Bob? Yeah, this is it's interesting because, and I and I hate to put it in the terms of you know geopolitical events and what have you. But Navalny's death inside a penal colony in Siberia, um, the, the, the timing is just so odd. If you believe, as President Biden has said, uh, that uh, he blames Russia and uh, Vladimir Putin for Navalny's death, he had been seen the day before he died, which was uh, the Friday, I believe, that uh, he'd been seen in a video and able to get out messages. He had a lot of access, interestingly enough, to social media and uh, the ability to use his cell phone and things like that. So he'd been able to get his message out. He'd been seemingly in perfectly good health the day before he was found dead. So Russia, of course, claimed that he was just, uh, you know, he was found dead. Uh, The United States is blaming uh, Putin and Russia for his death. And why the timing is so interesting is because Vladimir Putin was getting what he wanted uh, from the U.S. Congress, and that was perhaps uh, no more, uh, you know, no no more authorization for President Biden to send additional weaponry and ammunition to Ukraine. 
the Navalny uh, killing could very well change a lot of minds in Congress to, um, to, to perhaps send the money. Uh, of course, we know part of that has been tied up with the border issue, but the House being gone for a couple of weeks, we don't know, obviously, how a lot of House members feel. It's a, a holiday today to begin with, so um, I can't tell you whether Speaker Mike Johnson has changed his attitude, perhaps, about the, the need for aid to Ukraine. Um, but the, the timing is just interesting in that uh, if you're Vladimir Putin, uh, what, what has been happening in Washington is something that you should be happy about. And the, the killing of Navalny uh, could, could, again, like I say, change some minds in Congress about providing additional aid to Ukraine. So we've got this March 1st and March 7th deadline ahead of us. What happens if we aren't able to resolve these issues? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, you know, we, as we talk about the government shutdown, and this is where Speaker Johnson is in a bind, in a sense, because uh, a number of Republicans, House Republicans, have again said that they will not vote for a continuing resolution. Um, Johnson uh, went ahead and did one anyway. Uh, and, of course, that sort of thing and the, uh, and the debt ceiling issue is what prompted the ouster of Speaker Kevin McCarthy. So Speaker Johnson... Um, it's going to have to weigh the situation because apparently he may not have uh, uh, all that many Republicans signing on to another uh, continuing resolution extension. He doesn't have a lot of um, you know, wiggle room either in his majority to begin with. But yeah, we're, we're staring at the same old, same old, which is the idea of a government shutdown of the been March, uh, half of the government, or, you know, it was broken up into two segments to begin with. But a partial government shutdown, at least, uh, once Congress gets back from this uh, President's Day recess. And we just don't know for sure whether Speaker Johnson is willing to put his neck out there that much to avoid a government shutdown. We do know, as, as we've always known, that Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell believes the government shutdown is a very bad idea. There are some Republicans in the House who probably think it's a bad idea, too. There are more moderate Republicans. But uh, some of the, the far-right Republicans are perfectly willing to have government shutdown uh, if it forces more spending cuts or a border agreement. We just don't know exactly what they will demand to avoid uh, a shutdown this time. Uh, this looks to me like we have that, so many... That's if you do it Republicans only. That's if you want to do it Republicans only. That, that, yeah. But I'm looking uh, at this, Bob, and there's just, I mean, there's Ukraine, Israel, uh, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and Taiwan and all of that that has not been decided. We've got the border situation, which has not been decided. And uh, then we have various funding issues that have not been decided. We're going to do all of this in less than a week. Um, <laughs> yes, now, Congress works in mysterious ways, and we do have. I mean, there, as as you know, there is a, a a Senate bill that's sitting in the House of Representatives that does provide the international aid funding 
They took the border provisions out of it. So, the, you know, Speaker Johnson's latest attitude about that is, well, I, we're not going to put that on the floor until there's some border, uh, you know, the, uh, the immigration rollback or asylum rollback, something that would stop the flow of migrants uh, coming into the country and seeking asylum, especially illegally. So he, he's been sending those mixed messages uh, the speaker has because he is in such a squeeze uh, right now because, uh, you know, the, the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates or Lauren Boebert uh, might, you know, call up a resolution uh, to vacate the chair, which is what happened to McCarthy. And, you know, would Democrats come to uh, save uh, Johnson the way they didn't do with McCarthy this time? And, you know, uh, uh, it's not an easy position to be in, but somehow he took the job <laughs> to begin with. And, uh, you know, again, you throw into the mix Navalny's death and what that means. Again, does that change a lot of mind? It's hard to say because Congress is not in, the House is not in session uh, this week. I'm wondering who on uh, the former president's campaign was able to come up with a place called SneakerCon Philadelphia. <laughs> SneakerCon. Yeah, SneakerCon. Yeah. SneakerCon. It's a convention <laughs> of people who love sneakers, and it tends to be younger people. And so uh, on uh, Saturday, former President Trump went to SneakerCon in Philadelphia before he then went on a campaign. And... Needless to say, it's also in Pennsylvania, so he gets free publicity or free, you know, uh, media out of that appearance in a, an important state. But it, it's it's more, I think, uh, for him to uh, try to look, you know, impress younger voters. And when he went to sneaker con, which isn't a political thing necessarily, um, he was met, he met met with a mix of cheers and jeers. And but he also decided to show off the never surrender high top sneakers that a private company is actually selling. This is not it's dedicated to Trump, but it uh, it doesn't go to the campaign. He doesn't pocket anything necessarily from it. But it was such a it's such a great thing. It's golden sneakers, and it has a. It's evocative of the U.S. flag and stars and stripes and the like. It's very interesting. And they sell for $400, the gold version. And they sold out within two hours of uh, his introduction of them at SneakerCon. And I guess when word got out, uh, I don't don't imagine everyone at SneakerCon would would put out $400 for those sneakers. But they had 2,000 pairs. That sold out within a, a two-hour period. There are, if you look at this company's website, there are other uh, uh, shoes, sneakers that are dedicated to Donald Trump. But they, again, this was this was, I think, it was in a way for him to uh, not only show off the sneakers and have fun with that, and because it's dedicated to him, <laughs> but also uh, to try to maybe win over some younger voters by saying. Uh, you know, this is the sort of thing that Joe Biden wouldn't go to. It's interesting that uh, uh, these kinds of items 
uh, increase in value over the decades. Uh, mm-hmm. These 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 sneakers <laughs> could be worth these these things could be worth thousands of dollars in ten years. Yes, yeah, no question about it. This is a, a, it's, a it's an odd, very unique kind of thing um, that, uh, to the best of my knowledge, it might be the first time. Uh, uh, you know, something related to a presidential campaign, at least, uh, is in the footwear industry. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's you know. right. Maybe this is to uh, appeal uh, to women. I'm afraid to make that uh, yeah. jump, but um, yeah. <laughs> well, I just think about things like the uh, uh, the Nixon watch. My mother bought mm-hmm. two of them for, I think, five bucks <laughs> each. And uh, mm-hmm. it, you know, it had the picture of uh, Nixon on it, and had two BDIs going back and forth, and underneath <laughs> it said, "I'm not a crook." Yeah. And uh, those and are worth hundreds of dollars now. Um, yeah. Not that I'm willing to part with either one of them, but uh, my mother got one for each of us, my son, my brother, and me. Wow. And I'm just wondering how many people bought these sneakers because they figure, you know, a few years from now they're going to be <laughs> collector's items. Sure. Obviously, you don't have to. Uh, be a devotee of Donald Trump to maybe think this is kind of a cool thing to have or something to put on the shelf and show somebody or to figure that the value will go up as the decades go along. No question about it. But um, just like everything that, uh, you know, related to Donald Trump, there are those people who will do and spend whatever is necessary to show their support for him and four hundred dollars for a pair of sneakers obviously is, is pretty pricey for average americans but uh if you if you like donald trump that much and or you want to have a collector's item for the future uh i guess that's the way to go <laughs> i don't know uh, what you wear with and, gold tennis shoes <laughs> yeah I, I would urge your uh, yeah the listeners to look it up if they haven't seen those sneakers they're quite uh uh, quite uh, Trump <laughs> gold, whatever you want to say. Pretty flashy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Bob, as it's always, like we appreciate Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate your great reporting. Thank you for the sure. drill down this morning. All righty, guys. Talk to you tomorrow. Take All care. Right.